we're able to leverage the partnership with DPL so that they're able to kind of go through and apply their expertise and the depth and experience that DPL has. And that gives us valuable time back. Hear how this breakaway firm used DPL's tools and technology to make the transition to independence. You're listening to Advisor Revelations. Today's guests are Ross Fininha and Nick Molman with Adlatal Advisors. We'll be talking about breaking away, how DPL transitions advisors, and other resources available to breakaway firms. Ross and Nick, welcome to Advisor Revelations Podcast, and thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we are really excited to talk to you guys today because you have some great insights on going RA and what that process looked like for you when you did it. But before we get into that, first thing we want to do is really talk about the industry and what you do now with your firm. Sure, absolutely. I'm the founder and principal of Atlanta Advisors, but I came from, you know, the wirehouse and brokerage firm world. I spent time at Robert W. Baird, UBS, and Ameriprise before making a transition to the independent space as an RIA. My father actually sort of pioneered a new program. He's been a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison for decades, um, and he's been involved with the business school there, both at the graduate level, but then the undergraduate level. And so he sort of introduced me to wealth management a number of years ago when he started a wealth management and financial planning program as a degree path for undergraduate students. When I really kind of started out in the industry, reflecting back on school, there wasn't really a path for wealth management. You know, there were high barriers to entry. And I think we could probably have a whole separate conversation about what that path looks like and why historically the demographics have been skewed toward older people in the industry rather than younger people. But not to get too far off topic, you know, now my role in, in Atlatl really is the managing director, still serving as the advisor, but partnered up with my father here and a few others on the team as we're working through the transition from my business, from the, the brokerage world to the independent space. Okay, Ross, thanks for sharing. What about you, Nick? So... I graduated from the UW-Madison with an economics and uh, math emphasis background. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. While I was there, actually, I interned at Baird with Ross, and that's kind of how we got connected in the financial world. After my internship, though, I went and actually did like a completely different route. I was a business manager for a private school here in Madison for three and a half years. There I did um, accounting, finance, HR, pretty much anything in the business realm to help manage that business. And then I started working again with Ross at Ameriprise before we came over. And so I got a little bit of um, experience in the, the brokerage realm. And so when we broke away, then I just came with Ross because it was the right decision for sure. Well, I want to thank you both. I really appreciate you sharing a little bit more about yourselves. One of the services we offer advisors and consulting breakaways and helping them make the process seamless I'd like for you to talk about your biggest moment and what is going independent really means to your firm and what made you decide to take that leap from the brokerage warehouse? Sure. That's a great question. And I'm sure one that's on many advisors and other professionals in the industry's mind. Maybe to just kind of articulate a little bit about my background too. So when I was at Barrett, I was on, you know, I kind of started out solo and then was on a smaller team. And then when I transitioned to UBS, I actually joined one of the largest teams at UBS. And then when I moved to Ameriprise, kind of downsized again to a to a smaller team. 
and that was more focused on a certain type of client and family. And I've kind of seen the total landscape of how things look in the environment. And one particular aspect that's very important to me is upholding a fiduciary duty to clients, always acting in their best interests. Certainly, my CFP designation requires that, but it's a hot topic that's been discussed for quite a while now, but still remains in focus. And I think part of the transition to the independent space is that you really sort of align that transparency with what the clients are looking for. And so really, when you think about the aha moment for for me and for us, it was about aligning those interests officially, raising the bar, raising the standard, if you, if you want to call it that, and seeing the flexibility that you have to be able to work with clients. I think part of that includes things like cost efficiency and optimizing, you know, your value that you're you're adding hopefully for your relationships, but you know, ultimately it I think it is the most transparent form of that standard of care and always acting in the client's best interest. So, it takes a while to really kind of, you know, explore what that looks like and how you want to set it up. And certainly I think there are, are easier ways to do it and harder ways. And it kind of depends on what the result you're looking for is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that we're going to continue to see movement in this area because there's a lot of opaque behavior that can occur. It doesn't always, but it can uh, occur on the other side of the fence. And, and I think clients, as they increase their knowledge with how, we work, they demand that higher standard of care. Really thinking about it, I know this breakaway process has been going on for a while because I first, I think, started talking to your firm maybe back in the summer. But looking back now and taking that journey, anything you wish you were like maybe more aware of as you went through that breakaway process? Sure. I mean, you know, when you're starting a firm, you're wearing several hats and, and you know, that goes on for, for quite a while. And, you know, you kind of wish there were 48 hours in a day because there's so much to do. You know, I think coupled with our timing, which was toward the end of the year in 21 there, custodians are the busiest, or so we've learned the busiest during that time of the year. I mean, it's always kind of busy in this industry anyway, whether it's just trying to tie things up for the end of the year or or you have, you know, hanging RMDs or something like that. But, you know, it's the one thing you can't really control, which is the timing. And that's probably the one thing I wish that we could have controlled. So it's it's somewhat ironic in that sense. But, you know, given that that everybody's lives have been so changed throughout the pandemic and everything like that, I wouldn't say that our timing was something that was optimal in that sense. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately the decisions that that we're making is is for our clients and in their best interest. So despite the inconvenience on our end, it's something that you work through sort of no matter what, you know, so if I could look back on it, I'd say, hey, well, I'd love for us to be able to pick a better time for us to do this, but it was the right choice. And we we worked through in the way that we did. I guess one other point I would make too, is that we built a new office during the pandemic as well. So we were dealing with a lot of supply chain issues and, and timing to understand when we might even be done with the office. I mean, we we ordered, you know, things like furniture in the middle of the summer last year that we didn't get until a few weeks ago. So, you know, we we kind of just had to work through those issues. But uh, at the end of the day, the result is much better for the clients. And so it's something that you kind of reflect on and say, probably wasn't the easiest road to take, but uh, we made it through it. 
as I said, I think your clients will much appreciate that too. Yeah. So let's talk about when DPL first stepped in to help your team, you guys kind of needed assistance looking at maybe annuity cases, finding alternatives to commission-free solutions. In your opinion, what has that process looked like so far? Yeah, and um, I'll let Nick chime in on this a bit too, but it's certainly been very valuable. Kind of thinking back, there's a, there's a good case that I can share briefly with you. It's a client that I've been working with for several years now. It actually takes me all the way back to when I was at Baird. You know, when when they first came to me, their balance sheet was a disaster. This client, husband and wife, they were sold about two dozen annuities over the course of a decade or so from their previous advisor, which seems pretty crazy to me, but that's, you know, what I saw when they came to me. But, you know, what was clear or what became clear to me is that their advisor had sold them all of these annuities, basically a policy every year to each of them for more than you know a decade or so. And it was to collect these large upfront commissions from them. And honestly, it was frustrating and, and sad to see, but I was confident that I'd be able to help them get into a better place. So, you know, after combing through all these policies and incorporating it into their, you know, comprehensive financial plan which they didn't have prior to working together, we were able to reduce their policies down to five. But it took an, an enormous amount of time and energy trying to accomplish that and several years, given how they were structured. So when I think back on that example specifically, it really puts into perspective how much of a competitive advantage we have today when partnered with DPL. I mean, the cost efficiency alone is an immediate value add by stripping out a lot of the commission and trailers and, and things like that. But I think equally or even more important to an extent is the fact that we're able to leverage the partnership with DPL so that they're able to kind of go through and apply their expertise and the depth uh, and experience that, that DPL has. And that gives us valuable time back. And that time we get to then spend with our clients deepening and strengthening the relationship together. And, you know, I'm not sure how you can quantify that, but I certainly know that it adds a tremendous amount of value for us, for our team and for our clients. Hey, Nick, did you want to say a few things? I know Ross wanted you to kind of chime in there. Honestly, you know, what has the process looked like us for us so far? It couldn't be simpler, Willie, really. I mean, as far as, you know, easy to get a hold of somebody at DPL and really starting the process of, okay, like, let's take a look at any annuities, insurance products that come our way. I mean, it's compared to what we had been doing in the past where all the work was on our end. Uh, DPL has done a great job of taking a large workload off of us and saying, okay, with not only with the annuity comparison tool, but then to also really have a conversation with a specialist and say, you know, what are your client's goals? What are we really looking to do here, right? Because there are an insane number of, of products that now exist, you know, at our disposal. And it's, there is no one size fits all for any of our clients. So we really got to sit down and take a deeper look and say, okay, you know, is it income? Is it growth? You know, any of these things that we've worked on, you know, in the past already here, it makes such a large difference for us and for our clients too. The value add is tremendous. In my experience too, the policies get, you know, they update and there's new products that come out all the time. And so if you have clients that have policies from years and years ago, it's pretty difficult to track down some of the information on that. And you spend a lot of time, you know, reaching out to the provider or company that issued the policy 
assuming they still exist. In some cases, they they don't. And so you have to kind of track that all down. And that's something that obviously we're going to do. But if you don't have to do that, it's just it's an incredible value add for us because, you know, there's a lot of complexity in the space. And, you know, we we don't necessarily have all the time that's required to really investigate things to that to that level. You know, a couple of examples when we were transitioning, we were able to just basically send over everything that we needed for all of our clients and just say, hey, independently go through these and just tell us how these stack up to either something that's an alternative but better or give us a cost breakdown on what they're really paying because oftentimes that's difficult to determine. You know, we, you think you, you might know, but then when you really see it broken down, all of a sudden you realize, oh, hey, the fees actually are quite a bit higher. And in many cases, we were able to just exchange these for the exact same product that they have, but stripping out 2 and 3% of the fees that they were paying. And that we were able to just hand off to DPL and they came back to us so quickly with the answers that it made it very, very clear and efficient for us to not only transition from you know the brokerage world, but also show that immediate value add on the cost saving side to the client without a whole lot of effort on their part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of a two part follow up I have because Nick, I wanted you to touch a little bit more about the annuity comparison calculator. We put a lot of resources into that so that if you want to be more hands on an advisor, you have that you know available to you. Can you tell me a little bit more about your utilization of that? Yep. So as far as, you know, my access to it, I can sign on and and kind of play around with it, if you will, whenever I want. Right. And that's amazing. So even before you and I have this conversation on, you know, any specific annuity that we have, you know, I have a client come in and they sit down, they say, I have this, that and the other annuity. I can start playing around with the product, you know, the tool and, and just kind of get a feel of what, you know, maybe if what it seems to be a better option fee-wise, you know, we'll, we'll kind of be like, okay, maybe this is the product we want or, or okay, this one looks like it has, you know, better income or this one's got better growth, whatever the case is, you know, really allows me to have a better overall understanding of what to even discuss with the client, right? So that allows me to then, you know, talk with the client and say, you know, what are your goals? You know, ask those, those bigger questions that are so important now in the industry today and say, you know, again, what are your goals? What is it you're looking for? Because I have a general idea now of how I can help you. But then I come to you at, at DPL and, and I say, okay, now you and I as professionals and you as the, the specialist, because, you know, your understanding is going to be way greater than mine even, let's us have a conversation. It really takes the burden off of the client so that we can come back to them and say, okay, here are the three best fits we could find. And, you know, depending on what you want, they're each good for different things and then they get to pick and it's painless. And then after that, you know, I just send the paperwork over to DPL and it's done, right? So, so, so easy. The, the tool is really easy to navigate. It walks you right through it. It kind of holds your hand, honestly, all, all the way through. And of course, if I have, I have any questions, then you're right there to answer them. You know, I can call you at any time. It's so easy. I just can't. It almost feels too easy, you know? <laughs> so, Well, I, I said we work hard because part of the DPL mission here is for transparency. You know, before a lot of these annuities were sold to people, now you guys are true consultants fulfilling a fiduciary responsibility. I think that really hits an important point, too, is it objectively identifies what's best for the client. If you're, if you're at a firm that has 
relationships with other firms and approved carriers on the platform, you know, the truth is that you're not being objective, even though you might try to be, you're limited in some sense about what you can offer. I mean, that to be completely independent from the proprietary products or the relationships that a firm has, which is above the decisions that, you know, you make as an advisor at a firm like that, you know, you do the best that you can, but you know, it's not like being in the RIA space where partnered with DPL, it's like, hey, we're not pigeonholing ourselves in any way to one particular company that's providing a solution here. We're trying to look at the entire landscape and then provide an objective framework based on what your goals are, what we're trying to accomplish with with an annuity. Before connecting with DPL, how familiar were you guys with the fee-only landscape, the carriers that are available, and just how much really the industry has changed? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. I certainly was familiar with it, but I found that it was so limited within the brokerage firms. You really were pushed toward the transaction type products. If you think about it from the compensation side, I mean, there's a break even there. But ultimately, you know, you have more flexibility and can earn more commission, so to speak, with these transactional products. But really, the flexibility and the and the options that were available always pushed you toward the commission and transaction type products. But when you looked over the long run at sort of the fee-based market and what was available side by side, the longer that you had it, it seemed to make much more sense because, you know, uh, you can kind of break it down if you want to look at performance or things like that. But but it just seemed to do better overall. And I don't know if that's because the products were slightly different or what it was, but you always kind of felt like you were somewhat handcuffed in terms of what you could offer, even though you knew that that was there. So I think from our perspective, it's it's something that we're happy about because, again, it's all about trying to align what we're trying to do with what we're trying to provide for the client and the outcome that they have. One of the things or benefits we see working with DPL, and you can back this up, is that we really try to be solutions-based and find out what really works for your clients. Let's talk about some of the strategies you guys are currently implementing and maybe any new solutions or products that were discovered since working with us. Sure. In terms of the new products and things that are out there, that's actually something that I lean heavily on DPL and, and certainly Nick's relationship that that you guys have forged together just because I don't have enough time to keep up to date on everything like that. And so I know that the the environment or the landscape's always changing, you know, whether it's year to year or just shifts based on things like what the macroeconomic environment looks like. I mean, we've been in very low interest rates as we all know for a long time and that certainly impacted the types of policies that are available compared to what they were 10 or 15 years ago, which in some ways makes the policies that were purchased back then more favorable compared to what they are today. So, you know, when I think about how we go about and identify new opportunities, we always have to take that, I guess, into consideration. And so I don't claim to be an expert in that area, but certainly highlight the fact that we do have experts in that area that can provide information on that. You know, and I think about what we're what we're using today, though, a lot of it, I would say we haven't had to change much unless there's consolidation into a very similar type product, or there's just straight cost savings aspect to it for the client. So it's still the traditional policies that, that we're all used to. I don't know that we've used anything that's brand new or anything like that, but certainly something that we always have on our radar in case there's something that might 
turn out better for a client. Always client focused. Uh, Nick? Yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of the burden of trying to keep up with those products is taken off of us again with the annuity comparison tool. You know, it's because it's objective, because it lays everything out for us and does the digging for us, we don't need to say, you know, to kind of be on top of that, like like DPL already is for us, right? And so I would say strategically, it's working with DPL is a no-brainer that way. And I've already talked a little bit about this, but and it's hard to even bring up any single specific, you know, product because then I want to talk about all the products that you have, right? And and like we said before, there are, you know, no one size fits all. And so each one is good for different things and the tool will tell us that. Beyond that, again, it coming back to the tool, you know, we can even enter in what type of goal the client has with the with the current annuity or insurance or whatever they have into the tool, and that'll spit out the answer, you know, with that constraint already on us. So, like Ross said, I, I don't think there's any magic, crazy thing going on. It's it's very simple, actually. It's a very simple answer, and it's that of the products that exist, which one is the best for the client? Plug it into the tool. It tells us, you know, very simple, very straightforward, nothing, no black magic or anything like that about it, right? So it's just very, uh, very easy. Yeah, I think that highlighting the tool, which I haven't used as much as Nick, but I am familiar with it and have used it a few times. I've seen things like this within, you know, companies that that have their own set of proprietary products, but nothing that's been in this open architecture sort of non-proprietary perspective or lens, which is, I think, very unique because, you know, you can you can hypothetically solve for, you know, a needs analysis or income that you might want to be providing for a client or if you're using it for other, you know, tax strategies and things like that. But the connection between that and what is an actual solution that we can put into place had always been, had remained difficult. I mean, you kind of knew knew one aspect of it because maybe you did the financial plan and you're like, okay, this is where we could use something like this. But then you have to go out and research and find something that actually fits the bill. But with this tool, you can actually combine the two together and then you get this, again, objective result that says, you know, here's five or six companies, five or six products based on the inputs that you assigned. And then you can actually execute and implement it very quickly. And so it really ties together all the areas that you need to utilize in order to be able to get from point A to point B. Yeah, really shooting for simplicity and transparency always. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing great. I appreciate your time, but there will be a lot of advisors out there listening to this podcast who are considered becoming independent, as you know, in the marketplace. What have the major benefits been for you, your firm, and your clients moving to the RA space? Great question. And I think it's an an evolving answer too. one that I'm sure if you ask us in a year, we'll have more to add to it than we do today. But really, the takeaway is the benefit uh, is our flexibility in how we work with clients. We're able to transparently and efficiently optimize our relationship with them. We talk about and it's marketed a lot how you customize the things that you deliver to a client or, or to a relationship. But now we don't have any restrictions in terms of how we deliver that, including the type of relationship that we have. You know, historically, if we review the history of the wealth management industry, I mean, everything started as, as a broker because they were the gatekeepers to the market. And then technology tore those walls down and the industry had to reinvent itself and out came, you know, wrap fees and advisory fees. And and now we're doing all of these other components 
on top of providing access to the markets because we no longer are that gatekeeper. Well, that's great, but that doesn't mean that that fits every type of relationship too. If we think about the wealth transfer that is nearly underway or, or starting to, to occur, the younger generation may want to work with a team of advisors because they really value that connection. They don't necessarily want to get it from a screen. And they may still be in their peak earning years and not necessarily in the position where they've accumulated all the assets on their balance sheet that they would need to fall under to in a traditional advisory type relationship. Well, at a brokerage firm, that may not fit the bill for what either the firm or what you're looking for. But in the independent space, you can you can actually uniquely differentiate yourself because you you can work with with clients in that group or or range, age range or wealth range or however you want to define it, because it's up to you. And so there are different types of structures. You know, maybe it's something like flat dollar planning arrangement or there's sort of a monthly if you want to call it subscription approach, or you know, you can design it any way you want. So at the end of the day, it becomes very flexible, and you have the ability to apply that creativity in a way that gives the best result for the type of people that you want to work with. So, like I said, I think this answer will evolve over time, as does everything. But really, that flexibility, and then really to get down to the transparency of it all, and be able to objectively show the client why being in this space is better than either where we were or the other competitors that are out there, I think would be the best way to describe that. The way you're talking about it really gives you the opportunity to show your freedom to be a fiduciary now. There are no shackles telling you have to do one thing or the other, pick one product or the other. You determine your revenue, what you want to do and the way you do it, as long as you're doing what's best for that client. That truly sounds like what you guys are saying. Absolutely. One last kind of quick question here, um, because I've been in this marketplace for a while, too. I kind of similar background to yours, but I find that the word annuity does not always have a good connotation for people. So what will you say to, to those advisors who are still on the fence about using annuities in a financial plan? Sure. Well, I would say that that my perspective on them probably was skewed negatively too while I was at brokerage firms. And, and I think that roots from two things, one, the cost and two, the complexity and trying to understand exactly how these things even work. You know, they work so long as the firm that issues it doesn't blow up, right? Well, it doesn't mean that they don't serve a purpose and it doesn't mean that they don't add value for clients in very specific ways. Something which if you're doing a complete comprehensive financial plan for a client like like we do, that'll shake out. You'll see if that's something that's needed. And that's really where a recommendation like that should come from. But to be able to offer that now without sort of that excuse that, oh, well, they cost a lot or something like that as the reason why you wouldn't use it without actually looking at it objectively, I think goes out the window when you think about it from the perspective of where we are today in the independent space, because they're not expensive when we look at them with DPL's help here to identify a solution. They're In some cases, they're lower than the advisory fee that we would have applied to assets that we were just managing in a traditional portfolio. So there is real benefit and real value that can be added to a client so long as that's what's needed. And within the financial plan, if you're if you're using a tool or you have your CFP or, or, or a team that you can rely on for that, 
that should become clear. And at the very least, you can compare it side by side. Here's what it'd be like if we did use something like this, and here's what it would look like if we didn't, and then help educate the client in a way that allows them to make a decision that's best for the result that they want. So, I mean, I would encourage anybody that that has shied away from using them, if they are in the independent space, to partner with or, or, or explore what it looks like working with DPL, applying it to their existing client products and things like that or policies to see if there's a benefit there. And then certainly if you haven't before, see what that looks like, because it, it might be something that your clients are wondering about that they just haven't brought up before. And it could be a unique way for you to, uh, again, strengthen and deepen that relationship together. Thank you very much. Ross Nick, I want to thank you guys for your time, for joining us on the Advisors Revelations podcast. We look forward to continuing the partnership, getting to know you guys a little bit better, and also hoping that, you know, you bring some more firms aboard for us. So thank you. Absolutely. We hope so. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate the time today and uh, look forward to working together here in the future some more. Thanks for listening. To hear more Advisor Revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app.